Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show. Wake up! With your chance to sound off, give your opinion, and tell us your thoughts. It's on. It's now. It's here. It's the Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890. 92.5. KDXU. Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. Oh, we got a fun show for you today. Of course, we'll be taking your phone calls on a Friday. Love to hear from you at 673-5890. Just grab my cell phone right here, and I'll be watching for texts as well as you uh, as we get through the program. Phone line is 673-5890. Text line is not the same. Text line is 435-467-5842. I've uh, got a little uh, five-minute deal from Mike Lee I'm going to play in just a moment. I also want to talk to you about a couple of things. Uh, first of all, uh, some ideas to help us get through uh, social media f- screen time. Maybe some ways to help you so you don't have so it's it's a double-edged sword. And I've always said this, and uh, you know your ecclesiastical leaders will tell you this too. Uh, the internet and cell phones, uh, well, mini computers, whatever you want to call them, they can be very, very evil for depending on how you use them. But they can be tools for good. Uh, but like in just about everything, moderation, it, it, it's, it's important. So I've got some tips to help you maybe cut down on your screen time a little bit later on in the program as well. And, uh, yeah, uh, there was a, another story. Oh, we were going to talk inflation a little bit. In fact, that was the main topic of conversation when I talked with Mike Lee uh, the other day. Got a little five-minute deal with Mike. I want to play for you. Uh, this is Senator Mike Lee. I've got Senator Mike Lee on the phone line with me right now. Mike, how are you? Doing great. Thank you very much, Andy. How does it feel to not have a plan? At least that's what President Biden said about uh, the Republicans. We don't have a plan for inflation. We're just going to let it slide, I guess, is, is according to the president. Yeah, yeah, that's his take. I don't agree with it, not at all. He said that he had a plan to combat inflation yesterday. He doesn't. We do. Ninety-three percent of Utahns are concerned about inflation. Yeah. They've got good reason to be. You know, 75 percent of Utahns say inflation's outpacing wage growth. In other words, that Biden's inflation is giving Utahns a pay cut. Inflation is costing Utah families around $700 a month more than they were paying last year. That's unsustainable. But I've got a plan to fight inflation. It starts with not spending money we don't have. Yeah. Got a bill to do that, to ease the supply chain difficulties. Got an a plan on energy that's the exact opposite of Biden's plan to shut down our American energy production. I've been encouraging the Federal Reserve to cut back on its bond buying and economic stimulus for well over a year. We also need to stop paying people not to work. Uh, And and we can't pay political favors to select groups uh, uh, like through forgiving student loans. Almost everything Biden has done has made inflation worse. And we've got to stop doing that by spending money we don't have. You know, a, a lot of a lot of folks are out there saying, "Hey, you know, the government's going to send me some money anyway." I've gotten I got those checks last year, the stimulus checks, and actually a couple of years in a row we've gotten checks. So, what's my incentive to get off my butt and get off the couch uh, if uh, the government's just going to hand it out to me anyway? But Mike, that that really doesn't work, and and, and the proof is in the pudding right now. No, that's exactly right. You see it uh, in the cost of everything from housing to health care, from gas to groceries. When government prints money that it doesn't have and then it pays people not to work, incentivizing non-work, that is a recipe for record inflation. 
gets even worse when you say, you know what, we're not going to produce energy in America anymore. And I've got, I, you know, right now I could name you three businesses here in St. George that had to close their doors at least part of the time because they don't have enough employees. Jobs are out there, Mike, but, uh, hey, why, why would they work, right? Right, right, exactly. And, you know, people are rational actors. It's not that they're doing anything wrong. It's that their government is putting them in a position where they're more vulnerable and our society as a whole is poorer. Let's talk a little bit about what happened last week with the leaking of information from the Supreme Court. You have a unique perspective on it. Maybe you can explain your unique perspective about the Supreme Court that you have and also uh, from earlier in your life of people picketing houses. Yeah, I was a law clerk to Justice Alito at the Supreme Court and familiar with the way things work at the court. You know what? When I worked there, we had two separate computer systems one for draft opinions and internal correspondence and had no outside the internet connection. Another one uh, we could use for internet access for outside research. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we had all these elaborate procedures to make sure that draft opinions didn't leave the court. You, you can't take them home. You can't take them to lunch. They shouldn't even leave the chambers. When you're finished with them, you don't just trash, throw them in the trash can. You put them in what's called a burn bag. Somebody comes along at the end of every day, it cleans up the burn bags. They take them to an incinerator after they, they, they first shred them, not once but twice, turning them into confetti. Then they incinerate them and add a little bit of liquid to it, turn it into a, a paste-like slurry before it ever leaves the jurisdiction of the Supreme Court. So somebody really messed up here. And uh, then you, you couple the insult to the court and its ability to operate uh, yeah, according to its own procedures to make sure that its work is complete before its work gets released to the public. It's compounded by the fact that you've got the President of the United States now, through Jen Psaki, in many respects encouraging people to protest out in front of the homes yeah. of Supreme Court justices. Now, this is unlawful. This is a crime under 18 U.S.C. Section 1507, and they appear to be encouraging it. This is something I experienced as a as a child, when when my late father was the Solicitor General of the United States during the Reagan administration, when I was 11 years old, some anti-abortion protesters, some pro-abortion rights protesters, uh, showed up at our home and started picketing. My parents weren't home. I was uh, effectively home alone at the time mm-hmm. and uh, went out and argued with them. But, you know, it occurred to me <laughs> later, it's kind of creepy yeah. to show up at the home of a public official. Uh, the, the, to protest, that, that is implicitly a threat of violence because that carries with it only one message, and the message is crystal clear. We know where you sleep. Oh. That's, that's bad. That's not the sort of thing we can uh, accept. Yeah, absolutely not. And especially you compound that with the fact that we're talking about uh, justices, people that make major decisions that affect everyone's lives. And whether or not maybe consciously they think about that, uh, uh, it's there in the back of their minds that if I do something unpopular, there may be people show up at my house and, uh, like you said, maybe not uh, technically threaten my family, but it's certainly it's implied. No, no, that's exactly right. And, and see, it's a... It's a double insult to the rule of law here because this is not an administration that's incapable of telling people not to do stuff. Remember, when parents participated in school board meetings, public meetings designed to be public meetings, this administration labeled them domestic terrorists and sent the FBI after them. 
And then, you know, when, when people who the, the White House likes, whose views the White House agrees with, are, are violating a clear federal law, President Biden says he supports the illegal protests so long as they remain peaceful, which he knows at their core they are not. Because even when they appear to be peaceful, you show up at someone's home, you're saying, we know where you sleep. Yeah. That's, yeah. That, that is the threat. Yeah, sad. All right, Mike, I know you've got to run. Thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us today and uh, keep fighting the good fight. It's uh, some troubling things happening for sure. Indeed, indeed they are. You know, some of these pro-abortion protests have already turned violent mm. and the pro-abortionists have already defaced buildings and churches and they, they even set a pro-life advocacy organization office on fire, something that was covered by Politico the other day, just using the passive, passive voice, suggesting, oh, a fire broke out at one of these centers <laughs> when it was yeah. lit by these, uh, these protesters. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you, Mike. Great to talk to you today. Thanks, Eddie. That was Mike Lee. Mike, uh, addressing the Supreme Court uh, information leak and addressing inflation, which has touched all of our lives. I think I can help a little bit with that part. The sound of our cruise horn, which means I'll take caller number four to qualify for our cash and cruise giveaway. Uh, Caller number four gets in there, gets to pick a number. We only have nine of the 48 cabins gone so far, so plenty of opportunity to get yourself qualified for the cash and cruise giveaway. Let's go to line four. Hey, who's this? This is Doug. Doug, how you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, You get to pick a number. You're qualified for our cash and cruise giveaway. What number would you like, one through 48? Uh, 38. 38 is available. Now, Doug, it's not a instant cash cabin, but you are qualified now to uh, be one of uh, 48 people to send. Maybe you can win that cruise. Also, you get a free KDXU Dry Fit uh, T-shirt. And, uh, yeah, thanks for playing, man. Yep. If you'll hold on just a minute, I'll get the rest of your information off air. Okay, Doug? Okay. KDXU News Time is 918. I'm going to take a little short break while I talk to Doug. We'll be right back after this. Hey, I just wanted to thank you for listening to News Radio 890 92.5 KDXU. We are your home for BYU Sports. For the entry, the guy Gunnar Romney, he's got a touchdown catch. The latest news. I'm Greg Neff from the KDXU 24 hour news center. Here's what's happening. It's a- my show, The Andy Griffin Show. Welcome to the program. I'm Andy. Thank you for tuning in on this sunshiny Monday. And of course, the best of conservative politics from around the globe with the Travis and Sexton Show, Sean Hannity. Ben Shapiro and Mark Levin. You can find it all right here on News Radio 890 925 KDXU. All right, Doug is qualified. Doug has a cabin. So we had today, Milt and Doug got qualified for the Cash and Cruise giveaway. We now have 10 of the 48 cabins have been claimed. Uh, the big deal, the big cruise giveaway is June 11th. That's a Saturday at 1030 in the morning. Actually, we're going to draw the drawing at noon. So you can actually show up anytime between 1030 and 12. You must be present to win. If you can't make it yourself, you will have to arrange with me via that text line uh, on on a way to uh, have someone represent you. But uh, again, it's the Cash and Cruise giveaway brought to you by the Larkin Group. We know this town as well as State Bank 
of Southern Utah, Morris Columbus Travel Princess Cruises, and of course us here at News Radio 890 925 KDXU. How are you doing today? Thank you for tuning in to the Andy Griffin Show. Uh, tomorrow we've got a live uh, broadcast. Uh, Devin Dixon will be over at Tropical Bullfrog Spas for a broadcast from 11 to 2 in the morning. He'll have the KDXU Cruiser and we'll be uh, doing some live reports there from Tropical Bullfrog Spas. Good time of year, good time of just period to get yourself one of those uh, very cool Tropical Bullfrog Spas. Again, he'll be live reporting. Basically, he'll be taking commercial breaks uh, and live reporting during the Kim Commando show. Uh, no, excuse me, the travel show with Larry Gelwicks tomorrow from 11 to 1, and then a little bit of the Kim Commando show from uh, 1 to 2. He'll be there 11 to 2. So well, we invite you to go out and say hi to Devin uh, to check out the Tropical Bullfrog Spas. Uh, right now, we'd love to have your phone call. 673-5890 is the phone number, 673-5890. Or if you're more comfortable just texting, text me at 435 467 That's the text line. Uh, Let's uh, talk a little minute, a minute or so about screen time. Uh, I want to get to the right page here so I can uh, tell you what I had in mind was screen time. Where the heck is it? I had too many windows open, apparently, because I can't find it. Uh, Have you had uh, issues with uh, maybe being ignored? There's a new word in the English language now. It's called fubbed. That means when you snub somebody with your phone, you fub them. That's We've all done it, right? You're having a conversation with someone, or you're telling some, them something you feel like is pretty important to you, and uh, they all of a sudden pick up their phone and start thumbing through whatever their, their Facebook feed or their uh, Twitter feed or wherever it may be, and uh, that's when you know you've been... Uh, <laughs> Fubbed, uh, snubbed via the phone. Uh, you know, it, it's an interesting dynamic because in my family, my wife is a, has a pretty uh, important position with uh, Washington City. I have uh, some pretty, what I feel like are important things happen with my work. You know, I, I get all kinds of alerts from work and the bosses call me at all hours and whatever. Uh, and so it's easy to justify the fubbing. It's easy to justify, hey, you know what, the boss just texted me. And it's 930 at night, and, you know, the, the time I would normally be spending uh, giving attention to my wife. But, gosh, the boss just texted me. And it doesn't matter what conversation or whatever was going on with my wife and I, I look at that phone and I try to immediately answer whatever the question is uh, that the, the boss has posed for me or, or whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just giving you an example. Uh, and, and so I thought, you know, maybe we can figure out a way to use the phone a little less, have it be a less important part of our lives. Now, I'm not saying extremism. I have some friends. In fact, I have a relative of mine who has gone uh, Facebook zero. They do not. They still text uh, and and use their browsers, but they will not. They do not use social media. No Twitter, no Facebook, no Instagram, no TikTok, no, none of that stuff. No YouTube is out. And I don't think that we need to go to that extreme. Now, some of you maybe disagree. Say, yeah, I don't need any of that stuff. Well, if you're that strong and you can give it all up and, and you don't need it for work or whatever, go for it. But I don't think we need to go to that extreme. 
I found an article online. This was in Popular Science, uh, and uh, it's about it's from a guy by the name of Doug Neald, and uh, basically David Neald. Sorry, Doug was her caller. David Neald. Basically, he's saying, "Look, we got to find some balance in life, and just ignoring your loved ones." is uh, for social media is is the wrong way to do life, he said. But we still need a place for this stuff in our lives. So here are some ideas for you to maybe spend a little less time. I'm not saying quit. I'm not saying stop it altogether. I'm just saying spend a little less time on social media. Tip number one, follow fewer people. Uh, this is from David Neal. He said, chances are your social media feeds are packed with old friends and colleagues that you haven't spoken to in years. Some of them you might never speak to again. These contacts can add up quickly over time since we're generally better at following than we are at unfollowing. Add in all those other junk accounts from brands to places you went to once upon a time, and your feeds can quickly become a mess. So the next time you load up your social media apps, take some time to unfollow the accounts of people you're no longer interested in or places or things that you're no longer interested in. He says this will make a big difference in how often you check social media. Next tip, turn off notifications. Well, I thought this was a fantastic one. Uh, you know what a push notification is, right? Almost every app, when you download it, it will ask you. It'll say, hey, this app wants to send you notifications. For me, 99.9% .9 of the time, I'm saying, no, don't allow it. I don't want notification from, you know, whatever the latest app is, I mean, I just loaded, downloaded uh, an app to connect with a friend called Discord. And the first question it asked when I down, do you want it to send you notifications? No, I don't want notifications. I don't want them from Twitter. I don't want them from uh, Facebook. I don't want them. I mean, my weather app asked me if it could send me notifications. In fact, the only things that I want notifications from, obviously, I want my texts and uh, my Facebook messenger and <laughs> My guilty pleasure, my barbecue grill. Yeah, I want to know when my meat's done or just about done or it's been on for a certain amount of time. Anyway, uh, if you signed up, if you said yes to any of these notifications, you're going to have them all over your phone. And especially if you say yes to ones like Twitter and Facebook, they're going to notify you every time someone comments on something that you, uh, you were tagged in or you posted yourself. They're going to notify you every time one of your friends uh, has, a, has a big post or, or uh, you know, likes a page or, or comments on a page that you're interested in. We don't need that kind of aggravation because what it is, is that's the, the social media's way of drawing you back in. You may have set yourself some kind of limit. You're like, I'm done. And then all of a sudden, boom, you get a notification. Hey, uh, Jimmy just posted that uh, he arrived at his destination in Mexico or whatever, whatever it is. And you're like, Oh, I, I'm glad he's safe. I wonder what he's up to exactly in Mexico. And then just like that, you have gone down the rabbit hole one more time. So, yeah, turn off those notifications if you can. Uh, the only thing you should get notified of, like I said, is maybe your text, maybe your messenger, if someone's speaking directly to you. Uh, and, for you know, that to me, that's that's the real key there. If the message is meant specifically for you, then go ahead and, and let it let it notify you. Get a, get a text, get a messenger, whatever. For me, my barbecue, you know, I have a Wi-Fi on my Yoder grill, my Yoder smoker, and it'll notify me, you know, uh, when the meat's at a certain temperature or whatever. That's okay. That's a message intended directly for me, not a message meant to draw me in and take me down 
the proverbial rabbit hole. Um, okay, uh, setting time limits. Now, did you know that whatever app you're in, most of the social media apps actually have uh, have a timer. You can actually go in and go into the settings. Uh, in, in, for instance, if uh, you go to your, actually, you can go right in your operating system, set screen time option in your settings and go to app limits. And then you can go on every app that you have, whether it's a game or a social media app or whatever it may be, you can put set time limit and it will notify you when you get to your time limit. Now it won't automatically shut it down. I had someone tell me once, oh, you ought to put a, a, a time limit, and then it just shuts everything down. I don't think that's fair. I know these kids work hard on their video games. If you, if you set a time limit on your kids, I don't think you should just walk in the room and shut their game down. That's not fair. But I think it is worth, uh, uh, you know, maybe having a timer so that you're aware and at least make an effort to keep within your time limit. Uh, and then uh, finally, you know what? Uninstall certain apps. There are apps that are time wasters. That's the entire point of the app. Uh, I'm not advocating for, you know, getting rid of Facebook or getting rid of, you know, Twitter or whatever, whatever social media app you have. But there are others out there you just, you just don't really need. And uh, I think, you know, for me, I use Facebook and Twitter. I use them a lot for my work. I post up stories on our Facebook, on our regular page, and then I share them on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Twitter is a great resource if you're into sports because uh, scores are passed along all the time on, on Twitter. Uh, it's been a fantastic deal for us in the in the local sports scene where we're doing high school games, and uh, instead of having to ask, you know, send send texts or whatever to whoever's at a game, you can just look at Twitter and they're updating scores all the time. To me, that was it's a fantastic resource. So uh, yeah, you don't need to delete your apps, but there are ways, like I said, a few ways that can help you cut back on screen time. And if you cut back on screen time, that means more time for being around folks. I remembered yesterday uh, we had uh, Kurt Ivey and Jordan Hess in here and we talked about the new park that they're putting in in Washington City. And I know there are a lot of people saying cities have no business putting parks in and, uh, you know, especially uh, spending all that money on something like a skate park. But gosh, it, we've reached this point in society where most people, kids or non kids, would rather sit home and look at their uh, their big screen or their video game screen or their phone instead of going outside and actually doing something. And I think that's something uh, I'd really like to fix. I think it's something we all need to fix is let's spend a little more time with each other. Wouldn't that be nice? Andy Griffin with Troy Paul right now from the Barbecue Pit Stop. Barbecue Pit Stop is located just north of the boulevard, about 300 east behind Napa Auto Parts. It's a barbecue accessory store. You can get smokers there, anything you might need for barbecuing, including rubs and sauces. I love it. Now, Troy, today we're talking about going off the beaten path a little bit and mm -hmm. smoking things that you wouldn't normally think about smoking. Yeah, so I, I like to just have people change in their mind that this is a smoker and convert it to this is a wood-fired oven. Ooh, okay. As soon as you start thinking this is just an oven that I keep outside, then you can start thinking differently about it. Hmm. It has a different fuel source, so you're used to your maybe your gas or electric oven on the inside, and that's your fuel source. But when you take it to your outside oven, then it becomes your fuel source and a little bit of flavor, too. 
So the big thing is when you are at a low temperature, Andy, then you're going to be getting some good smoke flavor. Once you're up over 275, like even over 300 degrees, then you don't get as much of that really smoky flavor, but it is still a wood-fired kiss. You get almost like when you go to like a a pizza place that has a wood-fired oven. It's not smoky. It's just wood-fired flavor. Oh, that's interesting. So I could cook, it's you know, bread or, or Italian food or even desserts on my outdoor oven? Sounds crazy, right? It but, does. <laughs> yeah, we, we did a pumpkin cheesecake a little Ooh, while ago wow. that's become a, a real fan favorite. Um, my wife does breadsticks. So just mm-hmm. normally she'd put them in the oven on the inside, but now we put them outside in the, our outdoor oven, which is, you know, our smoker. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden the breadsticks are just incredible. And I see uh, some of the other things you've tried, lasagna. I'm having a hard time uh, uh, visualizing that in my head, lasagna in the smoker, but it works, huh? Same, like I say, it's an oven. And Hmm. so instead of doing it inside, just move it outside. Lasagna is incredible. French fries are are just really fun. Hmm. Um, Baked potatoes, um, pumpkin cheesecake, like I said before, or I know that you've done queso dip. Yeah, love the queso on there. And I've even seen online people do, like, they'll do their 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 mix, their Chex Mix. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oven. So it's exciting, man. Try something new. Get out there on your smoker and put something on different. He's Troy from the Barbecue Pit Stop, located, again, just off the boulevard on the north side behind Napa Auto Parts. You can find just about anything to do with barbecue there at the Barbecue Pit Stop. Thanks, Troy. Thank you. Welcome back. It's 937 on KDXU. I've been looking into this uh, story here uh, about baby formula. Now, I haven't been into Walmart here in town or, or Smith's or anything. Looking, I have been in those stores in the last few days, but I have not been in the baby section looking at formula. And I should have. That's my mistake. I apologize. But I don't know. Do we have a baby formula shortage here in St. George? I am not aware of whether or not we do. Uh, but the story is this. It's a, there's a national baby formula shortage. So good old Americans can't get the baby formula to feed their babies. Uh, and uh, they, uh, I know National News, Fox News, was interviewing interviewed a lady who lived in Oregon, and they, they didn't have any there. And she said she, she had her parents try to buy some in Texas. There weren't any. Had her uh, cousin or whatever buy, try to buy some in California. There wasn't any. Uh, the story then is that uh, there are cases of, in fact, palletfuls of baby formula at the border to help the illegal immigrants feed their babies. It's, again, we go back to the whole disseminating the truth from fiction in our modern society, because uh, depending on what side of the uh, the fence you fall on, you can find a story or a photo or whatever to back up what your story is. is. And uh, I found photos. There are pictures of baby formula on pallets at the border. Well, they say at the border. I don't know if this is true, and I'm going to do more research on it and try to find out. But if this turns out to be true, Washington Post says it's all a hoax, by the way, that there are no baby formula pallets at the border. Uh, But if it turns out this is true, uh, then we have a reason to be incensed and outraged. Uh, Just like, remember, President Biden's trying to get, uh, and, and the Democrats are trying to get $40 billion approved to help Ukraine in the war. 
against Russia. Forty B with a B, billion with a B, approved to go to Ukraine, and of course I, I am, maybe I'm improperly connecting the dots, but I'm saying to myself, look, we've got inflation through the roof here in the USA. I paid eighty nine dollars and eighteen cents to fill up the KDXU Mitsubishi yesterday. Eighty nine dollars. And I know some of you are saying, oh, that's nothing. My truck costs 150 whatever. No, I, I agree. It's, well, I, I'm not saying that to say I'm better than you. I'm saying that to say we, uh, we are paying way too much for gas. We are paying way too much for groceries. We are paying way too, way too much for everything. And, and then there's a run on something like baby formula. And I'm looking at two things. These pallets on the border, I don't know if it's true or not, but I think it is. And the, the, the government's desire to send billions of dollars, B, billions of dollars to Ukraine to help with their war effort. And I'm thinking to myself, how about we take care of folks here at home first? That seems like a better idea. If you want to call and be a part of the show, 673-5890 is the phone number. You can text me as well. My text line is 435-467-5842. Looks like I just got a couple of texts. So uh, let's go to the phone line first, and then we'll get to the text. Hey, thanks for calling in. What's up? Yeah, good morning, Andy. I'd like to uh, make a couple of quick comments and then uh, uh, respond to uh, Mike Lee's uh, inflation comments. And so first of all, I'd just like to point out that uh, our governor, Spencer Cox, has got COVID, yeah. uh, fully vaccinated, fully boosted, fully COVID. Yeah. Um, so just an observation. Uh, the thing about the uh, the kids and, and screen time, Andy, you know this has been something I've been talking about for quite some time. Sure. I just don't understand why a, a 12-year-old, a 13, even a 15-year-old, I have no idea why we give them a handheld computer where they have access to the world yeah. You know, you can make a you can make a argument for adults having these uh, devices. I just don't understand why anyone would give a 12 year old a, uh, a a telephone when you know when I was growing up, we didn't have a bunch of parks around our house. We had an elementary school and a junior high school, mm-hmm. and that's where all the kids went and played. That's where we played, you know, football and. Uh, basketball because you had the the hoops out there and yeah. you know there was a jungle gym and you know I don't know why we have to spend all this money on parks when we have all of these schools in our neighborhoods we rode our bicycles and we went and played and I didn't have a screen and you know Andy I think I I grew up pretty good I'm I'm well informed I don't mm-hmm. have any social media uh, I've got a pretty full life and I think it's just people. Uh, this is an addictive thing, and people are addicted. Their parents are addicted, so the kids, they don't see anything wrong with it. Uh, the thing that scares me is when you tell somebody, well, you shouldn't do it anymore, delete the apps, you almost immediately get it. They, they're gone. You've, you've lost them. They're like, ah, I'm not going to do that. And so I, I guess my, my, you know, spending 10 minutes on some ideas to reduce was my effort to say, okay, I know you're not going to delete the apps. Can we at least try a little better? That, that was kind of my point behind that whole bit there, uh, Steve. Yeah. And, and the other thing, let me let me ask you this about about phones. Uh, you know, we had landlines, landlines at least at home, and now we don't have landlines. And I remember uh, as my daughter's, my, my, my one daughter turned, we didn't give her a phone until she turned 16 and got her driver's license. And I wanted her to have, 
you know, a, a, a way to reach us in an emergency. And, and uh, so we got her a phone when she was 16. Uh, at the same time, that's when we got rid of our landline. We didn't have no longer a, a landline. And I had one more daughter left. She was a couple of years younger. And so my concern was, okay, so maybe my wife and I are off somewhere and my daughter my, with the phone is off somewhere else and my other daughter's home alone. And what if there's an invader or an intruder? I felt like we needed to have a... Uh, quote-unquote home phone, and unfortunately for me, I wasn't strong enough, and she adopted it as her own personal phone eventually anyway. But, uh, yeah, at 14, uh, she had that phone. What, what do you think about the way that was handled? Did, did I screw it up? No, I don't I don't think so. I think a lot of us, uh, you know, we allow our fears to get the best of us. And, mm-hmm. you know, when I, when I was 12 years old, I didn't have a telephone. Right. I didn't, you know, a pay phone was as close as you could get. You know, and, and all of us managed to survive. If you needed uh, help, you know, there's people all over the place that can help you. I got stranded one time, uh, you know, on a walk out to Tule Springs in Las Vegas. And you know what? People stopped and helped me. Um, You know, we we put way too much on, you know, this connection to everybody. Life was really good before we got these phones. And all I see is uh, a lot of downside for the kids. I don't see much upside. And by the way, a telephone would be a good thing for a kid to have. But we don't give them a telephone. We give them this handheld computer that has the world at their fingertips. If you could give them just a telephone, Andy, would you do that rather than give them a smartphone? I think back when my daughter was 14, the answer would have been yes. I I would have loved to have something where she just had a way to call somebody if she needed to. Uh, Now I don't know. Well, so now everybody on the planet has a telephone. If you're driving down the road, you break down on the side of the road, and you don't have a phone, whoever you flag down, whoever stops is going to have a phone. You know, it's funny. I I, I, uh, did a baseball game last Friday night, and uh, I got to the ball game and started unpacking my stuff to go set up, and we do the broadcast through our phones, and I realized I had left my phone at home. So I put everything back in the car, drove back home, got my phone, and as I'm, I'm running into the house, I'm kind of grumpy, I'm running late, my wife says, well, why didn't you call me? And I was like, well, because I didn't have my phone. And she goes, well, yeah, but pretty much everyone else did. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Well, thank you for having your wife make my point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. So, so back to, to Mike Lee, you know, I, I voted for Mike. I support some Mike Lee. I think he's a great senator. The problem is, you know, he wants to blame all of this inflation on Biden, which is nonsense. We have had, and so you have to understand what causes inflation. Inflation is too many dollars chasing mm-hmm. too few goods. What did we do during the pandemic? We printed trillions yeah. of dollars and pumped it into the economy. Just about every business in this town who wanted to got free money. Every airline, every cruise line, every hospital, we pumped the entire economy with trillions of dollars. But we didn't create washing machines and cars and, and uh, you know, telephones and all the things, because you have to have a balance. You can't have too much money and not enough goods to purchase. And so if every one of us won the lottery tonight and we were all millionaires, what would the economy in St. George, what would happen? Well, the first thing most of the guys I know would run down to Stephen Wade and want to buy a truck. There aren't enough trucks to buy. So what yeah. does Stephen Wade do? He's a smart guy. Man, the demand for these trucks is going through the roof. I'm going to raise the price. Up the price. Yeah. 
that's what's happening to us. And to blame Biden is just nonsense. Donald Trump printed uh, billions, of, actually, he, a, trillion, he, a couple of trillion. And, and Obama did the same thing. This is not a political problem. It's a central bank problem. And we have created so much money that's sloshing around the economy right now that we're going to have – you think the inflation's bad now? You know, give it, give it another six months. I and agree. He, right, I, I have a friend that their, their rent increased $400. For one year, for a one-year contract, four hundred dollars a month. I have another friend who can't afford to live anywhere. He's living with me right now because he can't afford to to rent a place anywhere in this town. It's not Joe Biden's fault. This is the basically it's all of our fault because we keep taking free money and we think there's no consequences. Yeah. We have created a massive problem, and you know what? The fix. It is really bad. The fix is the government has to quit spending money. The Fed has to stop printing. But you know what, Andy? They're not going to do that because that's painful. And we are not going to accept. So we're going to keep printing, and we're going to blow up our economy. And it's going to be some ugly sailing for for many, many years. You know, think Great Depression years. Mm. It's going to hurt is what you're saying. It, well, if it's going to hurt because we're not willing to take the medicine right now, which would be to stop spending. Yeah. See, it's one thing to receive a big fat check from, from uh, the Fed, just like the state did. We have almost $3 billion in a bank now. All of that came from the federal government. Do you think Cox would say, no, thank you, we don't want it? No, no we're going to spend it. Yep, yep, good point. Hey, thanks for the call today. I appreciate it. Great you to know, talk to you. you. Let's go to line two. Hey, thanks for being patient. What's going on today? Well, good morning. Morning. Okay. Want to get a little controversial? Sure. Why not? Okay. <clears throat> Let's go back here with this whole Roe v. Wade thing. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't that long ago that uh, my body, my choice made you a domestic terrorist. <laughs> That's right. You know, when people went out there and said, uh, no, I don't want your experimental genotherapy that you're trying to pawn off as a vaccination. And said, it's my body, therefore it should be my choice. You can't the make people me. that went down that yeah. road got labeled as domestic terrorists. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden it's hip and cool again. Well, the, the rules only apply if they apply in your favor is what it sounds like. Oh, well, obviously. <laughs> because, okay, let's... Uh, Let's take this one step farther. Um, we always hear how it's not a baby. It's a lump of cells or a clump of tissue. Yeah. Right? It's not alive. It's not life. And that's what we hear. And, you know, and we've got all these leftist scientists. And, and I, if there's a leftist out there, please call in and, and explain why this is the way it is. But at the same time, Somebody finds an amoeba or a microbe in a mud puddle or on another planet, and all we hear is life, 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 life. And we've got to preserve it and save it. It boggles the mind, actually. It boggles. I mean, we can't even build anything without an EPA study. What is it, what is it they say? Uh, when, when, if you want a project to die, you just send it to the EPA, and it, it'll, it'll be dead soon. Either that or notify Southern Utah Wilderness Alliance. Uh, you know, any of the, like Sierra Club, just let them know that you want to build somewhere. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, 
life becomes the most precious thing on the planet. But then it comes to, you know, life in the little area known as a woman's womb. And, uh, well, then all of a sudden it just kind of goes out the window. And now all of a sudden it's my body, my choice, my body, my choice, my body, my choice. It's women's rights. And I would also like to know how it is that you can call killing a baby reproductive rights. Yeah, no, they're not. They're not. Your reproductive rights started when you reproduced uh, and, and, and you, you created another human being. And that's when things stop and you've got to understand. And yeah, I'm with you on this one. It's just, uh, it, it, it sickens my stomach to think, you know, and, and, and the hypocrisy, they'll firebomb a pro-life uh, office, not, not caring if they hurt anybody, any human beings. And yet there they are saying, no, the, the, this fetus inside me is not a human being. and It doesn't count. It's, it's so hypocritic. Oh well, I'm I'm convinced that uh, the left. I mean, they 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 worship up the altar of hypocrisy amongst other things. But uh, I just I I just wish someone out there could please call in and explain how you justify this that an amoeba is life, a microbe is life. Some little endangered weevil on a plant somewhere in the desert is precious, savable life, but a human life in a woman isn't. Yeah, boggles the mind. I got to run. Hey, thank you, Han, for calling. Good to talk to you. 952 on KDXU. Let me get these commercials in, and then we'll get to those of you that are uh, waiting on hold. This is the Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890, 92.5 KDXU. Stay tuned for Clay and Buck coming up next. Welcome back, 9.55 on KDXU. Thanks for holding out there. Let's go to the phone line. Hey, what's up this morning? I appreciate your last two callers. Everything they said was after tonight. But I want to go back to Mike Lee. I, it's nice to have Mike on the, or call him and have him on the phone, but the questions you ask him are open-ended questions. And he skirts around them all the time. But I, but I like to get more specific at what he's doing to bring back more of our freedom with our constitution for example we're sending all that billions of dollars over to ukraine and nobody even knows where it's at or where it's going we know their president's corrupt he's probably got his hands out just like biden but what are what is what is he doing and what are the are the other legislators doing to uh combat or to make sure we know where that money is why send it there if we don't know where the money is which we don't know it's just out there floating around somewhere and People have it, but we need to get more specifically when we have people like Mike on the phone and asking him what is he doing to bring back more of our freedom. So just my thoughts for today. Yeah, I appreciate that. And as a matter of fact, I love to, uh, I usually talk to Mike every Thursday and then I replay it on Friday. I talk to him on the phone. If you guys want to text or send me questions for him, I'd love to have him. Certainly, for sure. Okay, thank you. Thanks for the call today. Got a text. Uh, somebody said... I don't know how your last caller says it's not Biden's fault when we didn't have this inflation going on when Trump was in office. Good point. And, uh, you know, Trump, the, the first set of stimulus checks did come under Trump, if you remember that. But the next few came under Biden. And then there was all this money that he wanted for this new Green Deal and all this stuff. I don't agree. Uh, I, let, let me put it this way. I think most of this inflation is is Biden's fault. Most of it. Uh, you know, they, they printed a bunch of money, fake money, 
for their new green deal and for their uh, quote unquote budget. I think it's, it's actually laughable they even call it a budget considering the the uh, almost uncontrolled spending that they they do and, and the, the size of our national debt. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I don't think Biden gets a pass on this one. He was the one that tried to shut down, well, not tried, did shut down a lot of our resources as far as energy in this country. Listening to all his buddies on the on the uh, environmental side saying, hey, we don't need all this stuff. And I still, in the back of my mind, and I have no proof of this, I think they're happy that gas prices are so high and they want them to go higher so that you and I will go, I just can't afford to drive anymore. That's that's what I think, uh, that they're okay with gas prices being through the roof. Nancy, Alexi, uh, Alexandria, whatever her name is, AOC, uh, all those, all those uh, you know, Warren, all those uh, left-leaning, left hard left-leaning people are saying, hey, we're going to teach America that they've got to stop driving uh, combustion vehicles. They've got to stop burning oil. They've got to stop burning gas. I think that's their goal. I think that's what they're trying to do to us. And uh, I don't know about you, but it started to have an effect. Not just on the budget and say, oh, we don't, we're not saving as much as we used to. But the fact there have been, in the, in the last week, there have been a couple of times where I've been, uh, had a situation where I wanted to go somewhere. And the wife and I talked to each other and we said, you know, is it really worth Spending twenty, fifty, a hundred dollars, five hundred dollars on gas to go up to Salt Lake or you know Boise or or wherever is it really worth it? Or should we just stay home and FaceTime somebody or, or write them a letter or call them on the phone? And ultimately, we arrived at yeah, it's not really worth it. My kids all live in Northern Utah now, and I've had a couple of different occasions where they said, yeah, I was going to come down, Dad, but. Gosh, my truck only gets 15 miles at the gallon, and you, you know you figure you burn, you know maybe 20 gallons or 30 gallons uh, getting there and back, and all of a sudden you're talking about uh, $200 in gas. That's it's brutal. It's killing us. Thanks, Joe. 